So have you ever seen this sign before? You may have seen it at a temple opening or just out on the street. The holder of this sign is our guest for the next couple of episodes here on the Ex-Mormon Files. So thanks for joining us and we hope, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. Rob uh, Sabolka is our guest and we've known each other a long time and I'm excited to have you come and share and tell us exactly about the sign and some of the other things in your life. So thanks well, for coming. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. And you're here in Salt Lake. West Jordan. West Jordan, yeah. okay. And so where, kind of where, as we usually do, where, where were you born and where, how did you get started in life? I was uh, born in Kansas City you area. Were? Kansas okay. City and just briefly uh, my dad was out there for a job and yeah. then quickly went back to California spent the first 12 years of my life in California okay and then we did some state hopping went up to Montana for nine months Houston Texas oh for my. three years these went, are all job transfers yeah. and stuff well or? yeah just my dad was a electrical engineer job shopper and went to oh. where the job was started yeah. up and then went <laughs> to go find another one wow. so uh, after texas went to arizona tempe arizona for a couple years and then i went back to california and that's where i went into biola university oh. And my dad took another job out in California, and so the family moved back to Southern California, San Diego area. Okay. And uh, then I moved up here in 96. Okay, well, we're going to back yeah. up okay. just a little bit, because <laughs> okay. there's some interesting stories at the beginning of your life. But um, your, your family, were they uh, Mormon or Christian? No, or I was they? raised in a Christian family. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess we knew that, and and now that uh, anyway, so so you were uh, raised Christian and yeah, had an experience when you were pretty young. Tell us about that. Well, my my dad is uh, very evangelical. He's had a big is impact he? on my life. Uh, he he loves to share the Lord with anybody, and uh, so he thought it would be a good time when I was about four or five years old to call me into his room and. <laughs> evangelized me and asked me if I wanted to go to heaven or if I wanted to go to hell. <laughs> and I said, well, I think I'd want to go to heaven, I right? Those are my so, two choices. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so he said, well, you need to ask Jesus to come into your life and you need to follow him for the rest of your life. And I, so he led me in a prayer to receive Christ and I've been living for him ever since. Uh, had you been going to church regularly? Your folks went oh, yeah. on Sundays yeah, and we, stuff? And... Yeah, uh, mostly evangelical free as a kid. Yeah. Uh, and uh, then in college, uh, well, actually, uh, when we went to Montana and uh, Texas, the Bible church um, churches. Yeah. And uh, then in Arizona, we went to a community church. Wow. And then when I went out to Biola, I started getting involved in Calvary Chapel. Well, when you accepted Jesus, as you say, in a, as a young age, yeah. what did that mean to you? Uh, I mean, did you have a sense of who Jesus was? And Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it wasn't completely new to me. Yeah. It wasn't out of left field. My dad would do a good job at always 
at night leading us in prayer and he my dad's a great storyteller and mm -hmm. so he would tell these stories uh, I remember of these little lambs uh, and he'd tell other stories too but primarily he would tell stories of little lambs and he would uh, paraphrase Psalm 23 Oh, yeah. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, from the perspective of these little lambs called oh. Jimmy and Billy. <laughs> and uh, so, so these did you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, I had four four younger brothers, or three younger brothers. I'm and the, the oldest of four. Oh, yeah. Uh, so four brothers. Yeah. And did, did he share these stories with all oh, yeah. you boys? Yeah. So, I mean, we were we were raised to love Jesus and make him famous. We wanted everybody else to know about Jesus and uh, that's really remarkable it's it, it is quite remarkable and all the brothers uh, even to this day are living for the Lord really and so it's quite unusual <laughs> it, <laughs> it is. really is it to is. find a family that has always been focused on serving the Lord and making him famous and I, I I think uh, I've had a lot of good consistency from my parents. Sure, what, and what an example they they've, were. Right? They've been a great example. My, my dad has, uh, I mean, I remember him coming home from work and telling us stories about <laughs> how he would share the Lord with people at work. <laughs> And he would uh, spend like once a week with his church going door to door really? and talking to people about the Lord. Hmm. And so he had, he was quite, I mean, God had, had done a real change in his heart before I was even born. And he has told his testimony numerous times. I, I could probably give it to you right now, <laughs> by heart. but yeah, by heart. So I've heard this story so much about how God came into his life, and he was raised in a Christian family, but he uh, was just got disillusioned with uh, the church and and Christianity and, and Christ because of all the hip, hypocrisy he would see in the mm. church, and um, so he he had a. He got into drugs and drinking, and, and God just really got a hold of his life <laughs> and gave him a 180. Yeah. And, uh, it, and he, he has never been the same since. And he was able to share that yeah, and enthusiasm he, with yes. your kids. And, I mean, it was yeah. very real to him. And, yeah. and, and so he shared that with everybody, including us boys yeah and of course we wanted to grow up and be like dad sure we grow up now we i mean there we all do different things <laughs> as brothers right. um i'm a professional missionary right but i have a brother who's a web developer i have another brother who is a missionary over in serbia oh my and he's a missionary a pastor humanitarian aid worker over there and he wants to That's win true. a lot of Serbians to the Lord. Wow. And then I have a brother who is an electrical engineer, but he's also a seminary graduate, okay. uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. Yeah. And so uh, we all, no matter if we're in professional ministry or not, we want to make the Lord famous yeah. in, in whatever area. Well, I'm sure Dad's God's real proud and thrilled with what you've accomplished. Yeah. So what, you also had a little experience with Mormon missionaries, though, at about age seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. and that, and that uh, 
and that I have have to bring my mom into it. Okay. They knocked at the door. I was a real young kid. My mom opened the door and here two guys in white shirts and ties. Yeah. And I'm standing there looking at these guys and my mom very politely says, well, thank you, but we're not interested and <laughs> just shuts the door on them. And I said, mom, what was this all about? She says, oh, those are Mormon missionaries and they think you've got to get to heaven by your own good works. And I said, no, they really believe that? How could anybody <laughs> believe that? That's, that's crazy. Yeah. And so I went down the street chasing these Mormon missionaries down. And I hid behind the bushes of my buddy's place. And as they were walking up the driveway, I jumped out of the bushes. I said, you can't get to heaven by your own good works. And they very politely pulled a knee and opened the Bible, probably the James 2 passage. Yeah. Faith that works is dead. I'm not can't remember quite well but I nodded my head and ran home afterwards and that was the beginning of my ministry to Mormons right there. <laughs> That's <laughs> and, amazing. Yes I've never forgotten that but it wasn't until about seven years or so later in high school my uncle was pastoring a church in Midway City California next to Westminster. Hmm. We were in Houston and he invited me to come out and be a part of what was called a summer servants ministry in which they would do different things during the summer. We'd go down to Mexico, help out in the orphanages youth and the groups? churches. Was it youth groups? Yeah, it was, it was a high school youth group Yeah, from freshmen to seniors. Okay. About 40 of us around there, 40, wow. 50 of us. And uh, it was kind of like a Christian boot camp. They'd <laughs> um, get us up early in the morning and we'd have to go run around the track at the local uh, junior college. Wow. And we'd have to memorize verses, <laughs> epistles, uh, before we could even eat. Did you like that? Or was uh, yeah, I loved it. As a young kid? Oh, or? yeah. And, and, and a, you're in high school age. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And a big part of it was sharing our faith and, yeah. and doing evangelism. We'd do evangelism uh, in Mexico and on, on the beach in, in California. And, you know, well, one of the weeks was coming up to Utah. Oh. And I was uh, trained, all, all of us were trained, by a guy named Kurt Van Gordon with the Utah Gospel Mission, which is a part of Jude 3 Missions. Mm. And he was used to work with the original Bible Answer Man, Walter Martin, Oh yeah, and had a big part to play in putting together the Kingdom of the Cults and famous book. textbook. Yeah, yes. yeah. And so the youth pastor met him at Talbot School of Theology and invited him to come and train the youth group in as far as the differences between Mormonism and Christianity. And so we, that's when I really began to understand what Mormonism was all about. And it wasn't, we'd have books and we'd have to have, pass a test on basic understanding of Mormonism. Now, was this before you came to Utah yes. then? So you yeah. kind of prepared to... Yes, they prepared us and then they... Now, had you met other Mormons in the meantime between your age, between, between the missionary experience and then this high school uh, thing? No, I mean, not really. Not really, okay. Yeah, I mean, I heard about them, yeah. but, and saw the nice commercials they put on. So TV, what kind of things were you learning there in before to prep and prep to come here to 
Utah? Uh, the first book, the first book that we read was Marv Cowan's book, Mormon Claims Answer. Oh yeah. And then we also read Floyd McKelvin's book, The Mormon Illusion, <laughs> which was, I think then, I think it was part of God's word, final, infallible, and forever. Mm. And so we would, we'd read these books, and which was good, but you know, book knowledge only goes so far. Right, right. But they put us in a bus and we came up to Utah County they kicked oh, did us you out, really? Utah County, and we started returning the favor of the Mormon missionaries. Right, we started knocking, knocking on, on the doors. doors, and we'd go to BYU, going all talk over the, the campus, talk stuff. to the students. We'd go around Temple Square, in Temple Square, outside Temple Square, and uh, we would just be all over the place sharing our faith with Mormons. And I just, I fell in love with it. I couldn't get enough of it. And we would be out. What was your approach in when you were in high school? I mean, that you're so young, really, still, aren't you? Oh, <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. I mean, it was it was it was constantly changing. Yeah. Uh, I remember one time. It was back when the Godmakers first came out. Oh yeah. Back in '82, I think it was. No, '80, '83. It was a year after I started. Sixteen years old. I. I went to this one house. I was carrying around a bag, and it had the VH cop, VHS copy of the Godmakers. And I asked them, "Hey, I got this new film on Mormonism. Would you be interested in watching it?" <laughs> they said, ah, "Sure, come on in." Oh my goodness! So, sometime in to the movie, one of the guys gets up and he goes and makes a call in the kitchen. Comes back, watches the rest of the movie. Well, before the end of the movie, we get this open the door, here's the bishop. <laughs> and I was with this other girl who was my partner, and after the movie, this bishop proceeds to just chew us up and spit <laughs> us out, and it was just miserable. Not pretty. <laughs> uh, the girl that I, who was my partner, she was in tears. Oh, dear. And the lady of the home came up to me and shook my hand and said, thank you for coming over. And, strengthening my testimony of my church yeah. yeah and i just felt like a complete failure <laughs> you know and it was but right after that immediately after that we all got together and had dinner and then the group wanted to go to uh, the old provo tabernacle for a tour and uh, i chose to stay back and just go out and do some more door to door Not, yeah. by myself. I mean, I'm just telling you what a glutton for punishment <laughs> I was. But I really wanted to force myself into the situation and trust the Lord that he was going to make me a better evangelist dis despite all the headaches involved. I wanted to get good at learning the Mormon language and being able to push the right buttons so that I could challenge Mormons and bring them. So you've just really had the, this heart for, I, I, well, for this religion. I, you know, to be honest with you, Earl, at first I didn't have much of a love for the Mormon people. Uh -huh. I just wanted to one-up them. <laughs> and yeah. not only that, but I was just really fascinated by 
how do you guys believe all this crazy stuff? It just makes absolutely no sense to me <laughs> growing up in a traditional Christian family about all this business about you becoming gods and there was a God before God and so on and so on. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pretty amazing doctrine. And I mean, I mean, it was just so my, it was so intriguing yeah. is what it was. Yeah. I couldn't get enough of it. I would, so I would come up and spend varying amounts of my summertime up here. It's get up in the morning, get out about nine o'clock or so, spend all day long getting into these real intense dialogues with Mormons, just door to door, and come back. At the end of the day, my head was just <laughs> throbbing from these real intense conversations. And so at first, like I said, it was just, I was just intrigued, but I did eventually develop a real love for the Mormon people. And I wanted, I, I just, I really wanted them to know God. I wanted them to know what Jesus had taught in his word. What he did for us. And what he and, had know, done that, for us. And, yeah, and, the, and the peace that we have, that Mormons are just breaking their back to get into the celestial kingdom, this burden that is placed on them. And I wanted them to know the good news of what Christ has to offer them. Well, as somebody yeah. who comes through that has come through that process, I appreciate that enthusiasm. Yeah. I really do because it uh, it's tough. And what did you find in your youth that was effective in talking to them, or at least creating conversation? Maybe your approach is different now, but yeah, it's quite a bit different yeah. now, as you saw from the intro yeah. <laughs> sign, right? But uh, I, I mean, back then it was. It's so hard to remember. It was so long ago, but I, I think we would do surveys mm. of asking uh, people what they believed. I, I, we also would uh, ask Mormons uh, to tell us if they would have time, tell us about their faith and mm. that we're up here. We'd just be very honest and say yeah. that we are... Christian missionaries up here and we are learning because we really were learning right. the Mormon faith and we we're curious as to what Mormonism is really all about and we would like people to be able to really share what Mormonism was really and all they about. Were willing to do that and tell you what they Yeah, a lot of times faith, I mean we, uh, yeah we got kicked out of <laughs> yeah we got kicked out a lot of I mean Mormon missionaries can sympathize with this but a lot of people didn't want to hear right. uh, I remember one guy going to his place I believe this was oh, somewhere in Utah County and he threatened us with a gun oh dear he had to get off his property or he'd get his gun and and so okay we <laughs> have so we got out there got out pretty quickly you know yeah. we, Wonder if he had any missionaries that he'd send out. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but I, I I do remember that it was it was kind of a threatening situation. I've been in all sorts of threatening situations, but uh, the so the door to door and approaching people up at, at BYU was primarily how I got going in my outreach to to Mormons, and and then I over the years began to have a real uh, desire to to get the word out more 
to Mormons that are passing me by and not giving me any uh, time of day. Mm -hmm. I mean, and, and so I, I started carrying signs to advertise different websites. And, mm -hmm. and, and, and then from there, it was also I wanted to get the word out more, so I, I started preaching when crowds would develop, you yeah. know. And, and so my ministry has been evolving quite a bit over the years. Well, right after high school, then you say you go to Biola. Yes. Is that where you started Bi going? Mm -hmm. And Biola that was close to close to home there. And you were in California. Yeah, yeah. And you end up with several degrees. Actually, tell us. That, I mean, you've ended up with several theology degrees. Well, the point the point was, I never wanted to be a great academician, and and be. <laughs> I mean, I did teach philosophy. Uh, in theology and in graduate school, a Christian graduate school in Anaheim. I, I've taught at uh, local that churches. No, that was at Simon Greenleaf University, oh. which is now Trinity International University. Mm. Um, and I, I've, I've taught at Rio Salado Community College in Tempe, Arizona online as a philosophy instructor for them. But I I never really wanted to be a great <laughs> philosophy professor. That, it, it was always about, I wanted to, as First Peter 3.15, it says, be ready always to give a reason, an answer for the hope that you have with gentleness mm -hmm. and respect. And I always wanted to be a good apologist for the Christian faith, and particularly with the Mormon people because I developed this love for Mormons. I wanted to see them know the well, God of the Bible. And well, now, you ended up with a couple of master's degrees in, from Biola and, and Talbot or yeah, I, I, San Diego State, I, I think. Yes, and so I and now did. Were these in, were these Christian-related Yeah, I, my undergrad was in biblical studies, okay. and I just wanted to get out of there as fast as I could and come back up to Utah. Well, one of the guys that was uh, doing an internship at C the Christian Research Institute, we became friends with, and, and he said, look, Rob, if you wanted to, you could go into the graduate program in at Talbot School of Theology here, and with all your carryover as an undergrad, you could get in and out in a year if you wanted to. Hmm. With a master's Sounds in theological studies, so Sounds I said, good. "Well, okay, I'll, 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 I'll do that. I'll yeah. postpone coming up to Utah." So when I got into Talbot School of Theology, that's kind of when I got hooked on education. My mm. first apologetics professor named John Coe, he really got me hooked. In he was he got his PhD at UC Irvine there, and he trained us in apologetics and defending the faith, and then he encouraged me to go to Palomar College after that first year of, I didn't have a social life that year. It was just all doing school to get out in yeah. a year. And then after that, I went to Palomar College, community college for a year, just to do credit, no credit, to see if I really wanted to pursue philosophy. And I did. And so after that, I went to San Diego State for another graduate degree in philosophy there. So during that time, I got very confused. What is this I'm getting into? Yeah. And at that time, J.P. Moreland, 
who is a very well-respected Christian philosopher, apologist, had just come from Liberty University to start his program in philosophy, religion, and ethics mm. at Talbot. So I'd start coming up to sit in on his classes uh, every couple of weeks or so just to get straightened out from what I was getting down in San Diego State. And so we became good friends. He invited me to come into his program there. And so I finished that program about a year and a half. And so I was done with uh, my graduate degrees in 93. Um, well, let, me, let me ask real quick, because we're just about okay. out of time for this episode. All right. Jesus has been such an important part of your life, it sounds like, and, the, and really the hope that we have within us is, is because of what he did for us. Yes. Has that, uh, were you able to maintain that through your education and your yeah, studies absolutely. and everything? And, yeah, I mean, I... I mean, this is the whole reason for this enthusiasm yes. and excitement that you have to share what's really the good news, right? That's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, C.S. Lewis is very famous for making a quote that said, good philosophy must exist if for no other reason to answer bad philosophy. <laughs> and there's a whole <laughs> there's lot a, of bad a, philosophy a out there. Of truth out. And so because of that, I wanted to be a good philosopher for the kingdom of, of God. Of God. And I wanted to give people good reasons to believe the Christian faith. And yeah. so that's why I pursued it. I realized just as when I was out going door to door and got just into a lot of frustrating conversations, that the same thing was going to happen to me in graduate school. I was going to have to take my lumps and I was going to have to get used to it. And I was going to have to trust God yeah. to be a good thinker, a good apologist. Did Christian your faith, faith in the Bible continue? Was it always oh, yeah. strong? Too? Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because I was surrounded by good Christian thinkers yeah. that would encourage me, that would give me good answers for faith. And that kept me going. Was yeah. it frustrating to, to encourage Mormons to read the Bible? And, and you'd finally learn very quickly, I'm sure, that they don't even know what the what the Bible's about. Yeah, they, well, they don't know what the Bible is about, and they've got and they don't the, trust it. And they don't trust it. No. First Nephi thirteen in the Book of Mormon says that there's all these plain and precious truths that have been taken out by the great abominable church, and so they have this drilled into their heads that they can't really even trust the Bible. If you can't trust the Bible, why even bother re spending time studying no. and reading it? You know, and so this is where I am called to give good reasons why you can trust the Bible. I think God has such a humor to, to throw at us the Dead Sea Scrolls, for example. Sure. Some of the other evidences that keep coming up constantly yeah. supporting the Bible. That's right. As, as, a, as, as something that's yeah. trustworthy. And then you contrast that with, well, what CNN report have we got for the Book of Mormon? Right. You know, and we're still waiting on it. Right. I mean, every year, you can Google top 10 biblical archaeology discoveries for that year. Yeah. And it's amazing yeah. what all these findings we got for the Bible, yet we have nothing for nothing. the New World archaeology of the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And they want to say that somehow this is the fullness of the everlasting gospel, and this is really where you ought to put your 
trust and don't uh, trust the Bible because it's been through all these translations and transmissions and you just can't trust it. And like the phone game, you know, I whisper right. something in your right. ear, you whisper something in Dorothy's ear That's and it gets they... around and it, it comes back and it's complete. It's just God yeah. has supernaturally preserved his word and we've got a lot of good reasons to believe promise. that yeah. and not the Book of Mormon. Yeah. And Mormons need to know this. Yeah. But well, they have been brainwashed to think that the Bible can't be trusted. Well, it's, it's so hard for me now to accept what I did for so many years, 65 years, I believe that Book of Mormon was true and I couldn't trust the Bible. And I just, anyway, believe it or not, we're out of time. We're going to do this a, a little bit more because there's some more interesting stuff to cover. And so thanks Sounds for good. joining us. And we'll see you next time. All right. <laughs> thanks, Rob. Appreciate it. We'll see you next time, too. This has been the audio podcast of The Ex-Mormon Files with host Earl Erskine. The Ex-Mormon Files is produced by Main Street Church of Brigham City. More information on this program, including the video version of it, can be found at exmormonfiles.com. That's exmormonfiles.com. Do you have an ex-Mormon story to share? Write us at contact at exmormonfiles.com.